Christianity is a, I pray that God helps you to understand. And we're going back to the message today. Please understand. God even said in the Old Testament, when you bring your offering before me, say. It's a saying religion. He says, what does it say? Romans chapter 10. He says, the word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth. So Christianity has to do with a lot of saying. What you say is so important to God. Because every word you speak is recorded. Even when you think you're kidding. Heaven notices. Because Jesus said, you shall give account of every idle word that you spoke. Why would you give account of something that you just can't remember? Your words matter. Why would you give account for a word that you spoke if the word has no bearing on your life? Your words matter. I believe when you are born into a family, before long, you start learning to speak the language. Yeah. I still have been trying very hard to get rid of my accent. No, you all have accents I don't have. I brushed my teeth, brushed my tongue, it stays there. It just will not go. I will thank the Lord for my accent. Good, it's wonderful. <laughs> because you grow up learning to speak like your family members. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of families. We belong to a family of God. And we should learn to speak our native language. You know where it can be found? This is our native language. And so God wants us to continually speak our native language and declare what's in the book. It's so important that we know that. It's not just, I want the people to be saying words. No. Those words change your life. That's what the Bible says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue has power. Whether you are saved or not saved, God didn't say the life of the saved, the tongue of the saved has power. No. Life and death, God is giving you a principle. Your tongue holds the power of life and death. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, what you say matters. And it's affecting your life. If you speak right words, you live. You speak wrong words, you die. It's all according to the word of God. You see, the book reveals to us principles, laws to abide by principles of living. And that's why we read the scriptures. Not to quote John 3.16. To find out principles to live by. And once you get the, the principles. What's what Jesus called truth. 
You shall know the truth. It's not just knowing one passage. No, the truth, the principle behind it. And once you get a hold of that principle, you're free. That's what scripture is all about. The principle is, I need Jesus. I can't go to heaven without Jesus. I've got to accept him. That's the principle. As many as received him, he gave the right to become sons of God. If you don't receive him, you have no right to be a child of God. That's the principle. And it's forever settled in heaven. No one can change it. No one can change it. So we give God glory. My message today is titled, To the one who meets all needs. To God who meets every need. God has made it for every man, if you are human on the earth, to look to him and him alone for all your needs. That's the way he wants it. Yes, you have a role to play, but ultimately, he is the one that's going to meet your needs. If he's not, then why thank him for it? God said in the scriptures, what have you that you did not receive? He's asking you a question. What that means is everything you are, everything you own, everything you think you got, you got it. He gave it to you. That's what he's declaring. So the Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. <laughs> some of you don't know there's some power working out here. Inside of you. The power to meet your, all of your needs. If you are a Christian, is already inside of you. According to the scriptures. So I say, really? According to the scriptures, is there. God is able to do. So God is working at something and God's work is to meet your needs. God is able to do. In other words, he has the ability, the power, the authority to do something. And what is he doing? Meeting your needs. Nothing else is said about here said about doing apart from what you ask or imagine. That's what it says. I'll go back again. Now to him, that's to God, who is able to do, so the doing is meeting your needs. Amen. The doing here, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. So the doing is meeting your needs. In other words, he can meet that need. He can so meet it, he's way above what you asked. Way, way above. Abundantly above. He is able to perform, amen. 
way above what you, you're asking is too little. God says, is that all you're asking? I can do better than that. I'll go way above that. You asking just like a human. I give like God. Amen. He is able to do exceedingly. Think about it. Way above. And then he uses the word abundantly. And he's talking about you. Today during the worship I'm thinking God can you just help us understand how much you love us? We don't know it. How much he loves you. I'm telling you, if we really know it, we, we, there is nothing in this world that will move us. No problem. If we know the kind of God that's, be, that's on our side, no sleep. He doesn't need one. All for us. It's like he's living for us. Think about it. What has God got to do? The angels worship him. He doesn't bother about them. All he's concerned about you. You. Your welfare. That's what the scripture tells us here. God and the, the only thing that's holding us back, we can't believe this. And when we believe it, it doesn't take too much for Satan to knock us off the course. And then we start speaking. We start speaking again. What you ask, we're not asking enough. Sometimes we think, well, it's just a little headache. I won't bother God with that. Who told you you're bothering him? It's just a little problem. Why talk to God about that? I can handle it yourself. He says, without me, you can what? Do nothing. We need to acknowledge him. That's what the Bible says. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Everything that you're doing. In word and in deed. Bring him in. And he will do way above all you can ask or even imagine. You know, just this week, before maybe Friday or so. Angela was telling me, God has gone beyond my family. It's hard to talk about our family, but we have things going on. Even before we think about it, he's done it for us. So we went for a long time talking on the phone about these things that God's doing. Amazing things. I'm not going to go into them, but amazing things. We haven't even had time to pray about it. We, even had, we haven't even had time to even talk about it as husband and wife for our family. He's gone ahead and performed this great miracle for us. And we had nothing. We just have to sit back and enjoy. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why he says to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask. And the word think means imagine. Imagine, you know, when you imagine evil things against your life and God's able to do above that, you are in real trouble. You're in real trouble. 
And sometimes people imagine for you. They're giving you negative words. And you are taking them. And amplifying them. And accepting it. And calling yourself that. Christians, they curse themselves with the words that they speak. Contrary to what God has said. We need to learn how to speak. God says you are holy. And you say, well, I don't know about that. So who is right? You are thinking according to the flesh. Not according to the book. That's what the word says. Look. Troubles and problems. That's what we deal with. Every day in life. Some seem to have more than others. Okay? And to them, they think... I'm the only one that's having all this problem. You haven't talked to your brother or your sister. When, by the time they're through, tell, they're through telling you their problems, you, you walk out. Angela was telling me, I think it was Angela that told me this. This woman was having some problems with, with her husband. So she went to maybe a pastor, pastor's wife. She went to, to a meeting to be with other pastor's wife. Maybe she could tell them her problems and, and maybe they help her. And, 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 and one of them started talking about, I think, problem with husband. I know it was pastor's wife. One, one of the women, one of them started after they have prayed to God, holy, praise the Lord. And then they started talking about how terrible their husbands were. <laughs> after they praised the Lord. And, and she sat down there listening. The first one went. And she was thinking, my husband doesn't do that. Wow. My husband didn't do that. That was bad. And then the other one went, oh, oh my God. Men do that to their wives. And by the time he got to her tone, she says, uh, excuse me, I don't have any problem. She, <laughs> she took off. <laughs> God didn't create problems. God didn't create trouble. Sin gave birth to problems and troubles. That's the origin. The origin of sin, I mean of problems and trouble, came from sin. And in my mind, God has taken care of the root problem. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm excited about. God has taken care of the root problem. You know, you can cut a tree, I mean, cut the roots of a tree, uh, a tree and just get it gone. And for a few days, the tree will be acting like, I'm still okay. But before long, the leaves start drying up, right? God has cut that tree from the roots. Sin, the source of all our troubles, has been destroyed. And that same power that is at work in us. Amen. That's, it says according to the power that is at work in us. Your needs are met according to the power that's at work in us. What's that, what's that power? That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. That's according to the scriptures. And you know, since Jesus rose from the dead, 
for over 2,000 years. We know he's not going to die again. Death has no power over him. Think about it. Jesus, a man, he's now living above the power of death. We never talk about Jesus dying again. He's still alive forever. And that power that brought him to that place lives inside of me. And inside of you. That's why it's called the gospel. Good news. It's good news because that power lives inside of you. And that's the power that destroyed the power of sin, the origin. And will destroy it. Job said, for affliction does not come from the dust. Job 5, verse 6 and 7. Nor does trouble spring from the ground. You don't plant trouble, it just comes. You don't go looking for trouble, trouble comes looking for you. <laughs> Hello. It's way of life. You wake up happy. You go to the mailbox and you get one silly mail from the mail. And you left your husband or your wife happy going to the mail and you come back crying. And he says, what happened? You just received trouble through the mail. He says it comes. But God has destroyed that. He tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us, what? Free. The law of the spirit of life, the principle of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin, not only the law of sin, but the law of death. So everything that is dying in your life today, by the law of the spirit of life, must come alive. Can I hear an amen? If you are not excited, I am. Everything that's dying in your life, can you say that? Everything that's dying in my life must come alive today by the power of the spirit of life. That's what it says. You know, the, the greatest trick of the enemy is fear. And fear is uh, the son of unbelief. That's right. Fear is the son of unbelief. Once you can't believe God, guess what? Fear comes and here comes trouble. And you know it. What the law could not do. So what that says, God was looking for a way to free you. Amen. That's what it says. God was looking for a way to free you. He tried the law that didn't work for him. Then God sent his son. He knew what to do. He says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For means because the law has done that. For because what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh in human form. He destroyed sin in the flesh. That's what it says. He destroyed Condemn, other translation says it destroyed. So the power of sin has been destroyed. 
That's the truth. The power of sin has been destroyed. It's the good news. All God is saying, believe it. So the root of every problem has been destroyed. That's where troubles come from. Where if everybody lives perfectly for God and there is no sin, right? Nobody is wanting to do what's wrong. You don't need to lock your door before you sleep, right? Why would you lock your door? Do you think somebody is going to bring a gun? They, they're not thinking to kill anybody. No sin. We're free. You see, God has destroyed the power of sin for every believer. According to his word. The, the flesh was weak. But God destroyed sin. My thing is, if God can destroy the power of sin, he can destroy the trouble coming out of your life. That's the truth. You know, he says sin no longer has dominion over us. Sin cannot dominate our life. Will it try to? Yes. But really, stand firm on God's word because God cannot lie. Romans 6 verse 14. He says, because sin shall not have dominion over us. For we are not under the law. We are not operating under that principle anymore. Doesn't mean sin cannot come into your life, but cannot dominate your life. Cannot take over your life. You got the principle of the word of God. We have been lied to. Satan is lied to us seriously. You know, the devil has promised, I think F.F. Boswell said this. He says, Satan has promised us all kinds of things. But has not kept his word, not even in one case. He lies like crazy. He's he's lied to us so much. He tells you God's not happy with you. If God's happy with you, why are you going through all of this? He tells you you are not right with God, not like the other brother. You don't really know the other brother. You feel, I'm alone. Nobody cares. God doesn't care. If God cares for you, why are you going through all these troubles? And and that spooks us. And you begin to wonder. He comes telling us, God's against you. You must have done something that angered God. And then you you spend all the time trying to figure out what you did that made God angry. Well, God's not angry at you. He's trying to fight on your behalf to destroy the problem coming against you. He's angry at what's coming at your life to destroy your life because you are precious to him. He's not angry at you. God's never against you. No matter what you've done, all he's saying, please, would you please turn around? I miss having you close to me. That's the problem. And the enemy knows once you are away from his presence, he has you. And God cannot do anything about it because that's your choice. But you can always go back home. When you are in trouble, Jesus said it very clearly to us. If a man has a hundred sheep and one is lost, he leaves the ninety-nine I mean, leaving the 99, meaning leaving them vulnerable for trouble, but he's so drawn to this one, and that one could be you, and he's so drawn to you, he doesn't care about the rest, Peter, Paul, and the rest of them. He's coming after you. 
to get you and bring you back home. And he said, after he's found his lordship, he puts that ship over and he says, rejoice with me. And that's you. Rejoice with me. I found my ship. You are that important to him. He's never against you. Never against you. And when you lock him to him, then he gives you revelation. And then you begin to understand. I don't have to be that way. I don't have to do these things. I have something better. Like the prodigal son. Why am I wasting my life here? My father's house. I was there. It was good. What am I doing eating with pigs? Oh, no. If my father is not willing to receive me, I'm going to just be one of his servants. But that's not what the father was thinking. The father was waiting for him every single day. And that parable, that's you. That's you. That's me. He wants to meet every need that you have. For those who are serving God, I believe God wants to kick every problem out of your life because he doesn't want your focus drawn to any other thing but him. That's the truth. That's the truth. Listen, he says to the, in this scripture, the forgiveness of God. Look at what it says in Psalm 32. He says, blessed is he. Whose transgression is what? Forgiven. (laughs) He said, well, my transgressions are forgiven. That's the blessing. No, no, no. When the transgression has been forgiven, you turn out blessed. Amen? You're blessed. You're blessed. Once God forgives your sin, you turn from being cursed to being a blessed man. In other words, you are a blessing going somewhere to happen. Oh yes. You're already blessed. Not going to be blessed. You know what we say to people when we, when we think they are doing well. Oh brother, he's blessed. Right? That's you. That's what he says. You are blessed. If you don't feel it, you are blessed going somewhere to happen. You will. You will get there. As long as you keep following God. He says, blessed is, the, uh, is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed, and God repeats himself, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. Can you believe that? You've done all this crazy stuff, and yet God says, I don't see any sin in here. Michael, you look so perfect. And you say, well, God, are you talking to me? Is there any other Michael behind me? Me. That's what he said. And let God be true, and every man a liar. It's all by faith. It's all by faith. You receive from God. I'm telling you, when you believe that, then the heavens open. When you doubt it, you're closing the door to your blessing. If you can only believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Believe that your sins are forgiven today. All you have to do 
is ask, is that hard to do? Just tell God, I believe in your son. I want him to be my savior. As soon as he gets out of your mouth, the angels record. That's what they said. And forever is settled. No man can erase what God has written. (laughs) He's there forever. He says, what shall we say to these things? Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What shall we say to these things? To what things? Everything that's happening around you. Amen? What shall we say to these things? All these difficulties and problems that are coming your way. What shall we say about these things? Your natural, your flesh wants to say something and what you want to say is usually negative. And you're talking about what you see with your eyes. The Bible says, why we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. He says, what shall we say to these things? Then he says, if God be for us, who or what can be against us? Amen. God's for me. God's for me. I'm from Africa and we believe in witchcraft a lot and, and they do stuff. If you're an American and you haven't seen that, I've seen voodoo doctors do some crazy stuff. But I'm not scared of them. God's for me. The little demon you have in you can't touch this. I mean, look at this. I got Jesus. See how huge my spirit is. And you got that little spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And inside of me. Inside of you. I got no reason to be afraid. You think God inside of me start worrying, what shall we do now? That's not going to happen. We don't know what God has made available to us. Amen? We just don't know. But God says, just believe this thing. If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. Think about this. But delivered him for us all. The question God's asking you, can't you think? The best in the universe was delivered into your hand so you can live. Why would God deny you bread? Bread in Jesus? Food to eat? If he gave the best, why would he deny you something that is nothing to him? You are more important to him. He gave his son to have you. He has all these things. That's why God said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things, they don't matter. I will, just, I will make you comfortable, okay? As you follow me, I will give you all of these things and you will be okay. He take care of you. I guarantee you God will take care of you. Initially, God may allow people, they mock at you. They say, look at him. If God is in your life, why is all these things happening to you? Why you you have so much trouble? Uh, If I have time, I want to show you why. But God's going to reverse all of it. Let me say this to you. David and Saul, King David and King Saul, they lived different lives. 
Saul was son of Kish, well-known, wealthy man. Right from there, plucked from his height straight to become king of Israel. No training. Hello. He's never had troubles. He didn't know how to carry himself. He was a man pleaser. But David, even after he was anointed, that's what we want. Prophet Samuel, you anointed me. Uh, Can I be king tomorrow? Right? Can I be king? He wasn't. David was in the wilderness with wild people. They were with him. From trouble to trouble. God was training him. But every time he had trouble, God would meet his need. No matter the trouble, God was always there for him. To take him to another trouble. Bigger than the one he had before. So God trained him with wild men around him. And he learned to discipline those men and put them under his control. And when he became king, he could govern the whole land. The purpose of God. The purpose of God. All things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes his purpose is to take you through some wilderness experience, which we don't like. We yell and scream and kick and say, where where is God? You pastor, you're saying God answers our prayers. I've prayed and fasted. And no answer. Please don't say that. Joshua is saying, don't talk like that. But you're not listening. You're caught in all your emotions and you're saying, I don't care what you say, Pastor, but this is the way I feel. Well, you will die in that kind of feeling. It's not good. It's not good. I'm going to close with this because of time. What I'm talking about, how God actually allows you to go through difficulty because he's training you. And you know what he's training you to do? Not to look at anything else but his word. Yes. That's what he wants. All he's doing, he allows all these troubles. And as long as you you haven't learned that the best thing is to look at his word and not the problem, he'll begin to take you from one problem to the next till you learn your lesson. A wilderness experience for 40 years. Yes. See what he said to them. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. He says, so he humbled you. You see, the trouble sometimes, you know, God is using the trouble to let you know you don't have what it takes like you think. Okay? The troubles overwhelm you. Now you know I got to cry out. If I don't cry out to God, it's all over. He says, so I humbled you and allowed you. Notice, he didn't make them hungry. He allowed them to go through hunger. He allowed it. And then he fed them. He allowed the problem and then he took care of the problem. He fed, he fed them with manna, angels' food, which you did not know. 
In other words, when God takes you through a difficult time, when he comes and he rescues you, he's helping you to experience a new thing that you've never seen before. And then you learn a new lesson. And then you can help somebody else. That's the way it is. He says, man, I wish you did not know, nor did your father know, that he might make you what? Know. He wants you to know something. The trouble and him taking care of the trouble is to make you know. He may make, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. That means, don't say I'm going to live by the word of God. I'm not going to eat anymore. Uh, we will come to your graveside, okay? <laughs> alone, that's what it means. You can eat bread. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what God's doing. He's going to meet your need, but he's always turning you to the word. You know what that is? When you have problem, go find the word that addresses that problem. And begin to think on it. Because it goes way above what you ask or think. And you begin, what you think, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you start telling people, this is how I feel. This is how... And guess what? God confirms his word with signs following. And so God says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. How many want to remember the Lord our God? Yes. For because he is the one who gives you power... To get wealth. Why? He always has a purpose. That he may establish his covenant. Which he swore. So God had an oath. That he swore. And God is mindful of his oath. Sometimes Christians. I pray for everyone in our church. Those that pray with us. My prayer is that all of your needs will be met. I do that. Don't know how he's going to do it, but I pray constantly that this church, everybody will have their needs met. Don't have to worry. Father, I tell the Lord, God, I said it here on Wednesday night, 3 million people God took out of Egypt. They had nothing. In one day, he loaded them up with so much wealth, gold, silver, all kinds of goods, in one single day when they left. So I'm telling the Lord, you can bless them and make them such millionaires with all kinds of gold and everything. They stripped Egypt. Everything. For three million people. He did that in one day. So I'm reminding the Lord, uh, the Ark Fellowship, we are not even close to 500 yet. You can do it. You can make everyone have something. Amen. How many believe God can do that? I need you to believe God with me. We have work to do. We are talking about $2 for two meals for pastor in Africa. We can do that. We have something out there. I'm putting this out for you to put your chains in there. And that will take care. But why, won't, why can't just one person say, I have it, pastor. We don't need to do that. Go take him. Let the pastor see it. That's what it's all about. He wants to establish his covenant. Amen? Listen. Let me read that scripture again. And you shall remember the
the Lord your God. He wants you to remember him. For it is he, because it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Why that? He may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is. You see, God is so mindful of everything. Covenant promise is promised. And he can't wait to fulfill it. That's what he's saying. If I don't bless you, then my word is going to be in vain. I want to bless you so that this covenant, the, the promises I've made, will be fulfilled. Why would you fight that? Why would you fight that? I want to, let, please, let's all yield to that. Amen? Let him establish his covenant with us. And put no limits on God. Amen? Put no limits on God. You are all blessed. Amen? Because your sins are forgiven. Amen? He doesn't see sin in you. You are forgiven. Let God be true and every man a liar. What I want to do this morning, because we have a here, even if you're, this is your first day, if you do this with me and really mean it, your sins will be forgiven. Amen? All I need you to do is put your hand up. I'm righteous before God. If that's you, that's what you want. Put your hand up, every one of you, if you're serious. I believe because you did this and you really mean it from your heart, God's forgiving your sins. That's true. We think that we have to beg. Yeah, we can, we repent. But he will tell you exactly what he needs you to turn around with. He's going to empower you. If you mean it, that problem, that sin in your life, God will give you the grace. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. You know that? It's his goodness. Say with me, I'm going to accept God's goodness today. Thank you, Lord. I receive your goodness today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you come here, please, young man? Yeah, you have pain somewhere? No, no, not you. Back. Lily, yes. Prayer partners, please come. We're going to be praying for people today.